Welcome back to the podcast this week. Hi, guys. Welcome to another week leading yes. up to Valentine's Day. <laughs> I, know, I know. So exciting. Mm-hmm. I don't have any particular Valentine's plans, but um, we'll probably just do what we always do. Just go to the diner and mm-hmm. have some cake have some cake and that's about it what about you that sounds nice simple and sweet and special um yeah i don't know what what he might have up his sleeve and maybe it'll be low-key maybe we'll go out and do something special i'm i'm open you know i'm not particular so if i just get some if i just get some crab legs i'm good oh that made me laugh so much (laughs) thanks that you shared it on facebook about women women don't want chocolates we want crab legs exactly you better save them chocolates or both. Oh, no, no, like, no. I think it's both, both. But yeah, Kit Kats <laughs> and, and that. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yes, I yes. made me laugh. Yes. Mm-hmm. So last week, um, we talked about kinks and kicks. I hope you all had a great, a little listen of our little um, explicit uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> podcast. And I actually got some feedback from folks, and they were like, "Yeah, I have a certain kink, and I do this and I do that." Okay. And some people were kind of shy, like, "I want to put all my business out there," right? Because uh, I did like a little poll on our Instagram, so some people <laughs> were saying, saying what kind of fetishes they had and kinks." So I thought that was interesting. Were there any common themes of things that people enjoy, or it was like a variety? Um, it was a variety of things, spanking, a little, you know, role play, mm-hmm. um, okay. some, some degradation, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was a little mix of everything, so yes. I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> I appreciate that we did this one leading up to Valentine's Day, and I hope you yes. guys do too, because maybe you'll be inspired to make it a very <laughs> magical weekend. Ooh, yes, <laughs> so, ooh, yes, mm. yes. Um, so in our hot topics last week, we talked about Rihanna uh, revealing that she is pregnant, um, and mm-hmm. the brat is also expecting mm-hmm. with her partner Judy, um, Zaya Wade, uh, pay a tribute to Kobe Bryant in a floral jersey number, and Nick Cannon and baby number eight. Mercy. Um, <laughs> we we still praying for brother Nick. We, hope we are. Some, we hope he get some much needed therapies. Because I really liked how you kind of broke down the idea and, and yeah. why he might be feeling like that's what he needs yeah. to do, even yeah. if on an unconscious level. I really thought that was mm-hmm. insightful. Of yeah, so I really want that brother to get some help and some, some much needed therapies and, and maybe even a vasectomy. Just kind of yeah. chill out. You know, chill out. Yeah, something. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in reading romance, I highlight the Black Love Matters anthology, uh, edited by Jessica Pride, and featuring a lot of our favorite romance authors across the diaspora. Um, and I also talked about I Am So Not Over You, uh, by Coastal Jackson, which is a male male uh, romance, fake dating, fake marriage uh, plot, which is so funny. Um, and listening romance, I talked about the textual tension podcast. Um, it's like a bi weekly podcast where they kind of dig into the text of romances. And in watching romance, uh, we talked a little bit about the Janet documentary. Yes, yeah. Um, I talked about some things that are coming up on Netflix and Hulu, including a single black female that is on Lifetime, and we'll talk about that a little later in the mm-hmm. podcast. 
Um, but uh, what's going on this week in Hot Topics, Yakini? What's what's popping? Yeah, so in Hot Topics, you know, along the theme of Valentine's Day, um, our beloved Issa Rae, she's teaming up with Airbnb. Oh, um, nice. to, yeah, she's going to open up her L.A. home for fixed $56 a day um, for Valentine's Day. So beginning February 8th through Valentine's weekend, you can rent out her home for $56 a day. So when I initially saw this, I got excited because I thought it was, you know, I thought it was the apartment featured and insecure, which Uh in hindsight, that might be a set anyway. Who knows if that was really an apartment, but it, but it turns out that it's actually, she has a home in South LA, a beautiful Uh home, very luxurious, decorated, you know, to her taste and her liking. And basically she's making it available if you're interested and the stay in her home, it'll include like an, an itinerary that she's curated because she really wants to kind of share the beauty of black LA with mm. her fans and followers. Mm. You know, you also get the opportunity to meet her virtually while you're staying there. And she said, quote, I'm inviting guests to spend a weekend in my hometown to experience the culture, businesses, and communities that influence my storytelling on screen. I can't wait to show guests all the things that make Black LA so special firsthand. So yeah, I thought that was super dope. If that's something you're interested in, then you know you can find out more on her Instagram or by going to the Airbnb Instagram. So you know something different. Check out the sights and streets and sounds of South LA. Um, you'll recognize places from Insecure, though it's not actually the apartment as I initially thought. But it sounds like it's pretty luxurious. Fifty six a night is pretty affordable. I'm afraid Very by the time this podcast airs, it might be sold out. But you can definitely still give it a try and see. Wow, so, uh, I thought $56. that was six dollars. That's a that is a steal. You That's a steal. And then and uh. then you get the uh, the online you know chat meet and greet with with Issa and stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. I think you know more celebs c- could do things like that, but I imagine this is probably not her private home where she resides. Maybe when she's in that area, she goes there. I can't imagine she would let fans know exactly where she lives because you know sometimes people are a little touched and you don't want someone showing up. But I assume she has multiple homes, and this is one that maybe she she makes open. So yeah, I thought it was yeah. it was nice of her. That's mm-hmm. really nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. So in other sexy couples kind of fetish stuff, we talked about that last <laughs> week. We have our girl AJ Johnson. She's an Ooh. actress, as you all know, who was in a lot of really popular '90s movies. I guess most notice- notably, probably the House Parties, and then she did Inkwell and a bunch of other stuff. And now mm-hmm. I think she considers herself not like a life coach. I don't know how to describe what she does. But, you know, she's like an inspirational, motivational, spiritual, you know, kind of Guru, figure yeah. for people. Yeah. A guru, yeah. And she's, yeah. she's always been an all-around dope woman. But she recently was on um, Power 105.1, which is a big New York City radio station um, in the city here. And she talked about how, you know, she just turned 50. Whoop, whoop. She looks amazing. Wow, she looks amazing. Mm-hmm. She just turned 50. And she celebrated her 50th birthday by having a threesome, by Ooh. having a threesome with, <laughs> with two men. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And wow. she kind of described it as it being like a beautiful dance. That's what she oh. said about the threesome. So, okay. yeah, yeah. So basically, um, she talked about, you know, just kind of the dynamics of the threesome and what that was like. 
Um, she said basically, because of course Angela Yee was asking all the questions that we want to know. Like, first of all, who were these men that you decided to have a threesome with? Did you know them well? Were these strangers you picked up? Acquaintances, friends, coworkers? She basically said they were good friends. And she said that they basically traded off. She said it was the best 50th birthday ever. She said, I bet it was. I bet it was. She said said it was like an adventure. So so she said, by trading off, she means it was never really the two of them. Sorry, it was never the three of them together, you know, at one time. She said it would, they were kind of flip flopping her. She said, one would please me, quote, and then he passed me to the other. And then he would kiss me and he would spin me around for the other to kiss me. It was like a beautiful dance. It was like doing the salsa with two guys at one time. She described it as being very romantic and sexy. Um, And she said it was, it was at the same time, but it was always two. I mean, the Mm. way she describes it doesn't sound seedy or, you know, she made it sound very romantic. Yeah. And then when she was asked after if things were awkward afterward, you know, which would might be expected, she mm-hmm. said, no, things were really cool. She said the next day, the three of them went out to brunch. They hung out like friends. Mm. Let me close the door because I hear the dog barking. Okay. You guys do too, so pardon. <laughs> but she said the next day, they went out to breakfast. They hung out. She said it wasn't weird at all. Um, I don't know if I believe that 100%. Like, I wonder if there was an initial awkward. I would be giggling so hard at breakfast. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, we did, girl. Ooh, I still have more questions. For example, did the two gentlemen know each other? Were they all friends? You know, like, child. And friends. so the gentlemen didn't please each other. They just focused on pleasing her. Yeah, it sounds like they focused on pleasing her. And it didn't sound like it was something, yeah, where they kind of each took turns with each other. So she just said she had never done it before, but it was kind of like a bucket list thing that she wanted to do. So she said, Happy birthday to me. Um, oh, so No regrets. And, you know, she says the three of them remain as tight as ever. She didn't say if she planned to do it again. It sounded almost like it was kind of a a one-time desire. Bucket list type of thing. Yeah, yeah, a fantasy that she was able to fulfill. And and that's that. So if you're interested (laughs) and you're you're toying with the idea, she's kind of normalizing this fantasy, this fetish. So, you know, I guess I would just caution that you be very mindful of who you select because it may not be as smooth as, as she's describing Hello. where y'all were like the three musketeers the next day but you know I I guess what I appreciate about this is her just kind of living in her truth and enjoying her fantasy and embracing her sexuality and who she is sometimes it takes us to age 50 to get to that point where we can just be free to be who we are so yeah that's yeah. off to her yeah, so oh, well, well, I'm, I'm wondering if they okay, let me not get graphic. Well, go, <laughs> right. ahead, go ahead, you done started. Wonder, You're wondering what she said they didn't please each other, okay? They just pleased her, and I'm like, were they at the like same time in different you know spots? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you mean kind of like entering her like a double, like a like a, D, like a DP, type right? Of thing. Or even like was she kind of giving oral pleasure to one and the other was, yeah. The way she yeah. made it sound was, was she specifically said they passed me back and forth. One would kiss me or please me and then spin me around to the other. So she never said that they were pleasing her together, but maybe they were. Maybe she just felt that that yeah, was. Man, um, ain't no way. Ain't no way they didn't. No, ain't no way they could do a threesome and not do that. 
what you, no way. I thought that was kind of the point of the threesome, not for that one to too. skip you and do whatever, and then the other steps back, and I guess he's just getting pleasure watching, and then he takes his turn. That sounds a little boring, but hey, not to knock what she like, but yeah, it seems like if you're going like. to have two people at the same time, you want to have two people at the same time. I mean, you make the whatever most of it, like. it. <laughs> Right, like if this is a one-time thing in your lifetime, I'm right. just like, just do it up. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Go not one at a time and another. <laughs> I wonder the same thing. So the interview is on Power 105.1's YouTube channel if you'd like mm-hmm. to see it with Angela, Angela Yee because I've left out some things but she really kind of is, is much more descriptive in the interview so if you're curious mm-hmm. about that check that out. Okay. <sighs> Mercy. And lastly, <laughs> our girl Mimi Leakes, who formerly was on the Real Housewives of Atlanta, and people have speculated, you know, about her coming back possibly now that she's, you know, she lost Greg this year, but she's been dating and she's been open about how she's, you know, was ready to move on. Greg gave her his blessing and she, you know, just wants to find love. She's still a young woman, you know, for, mm-hmm. you know, young as it is today. She's in her like late, either late 40s or early 50s. I don't remember. But that's young 50s. enough. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, she's young enough to find love and stuff. So she's dating a Liberian man. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his whole name, but she calls him Yanni. And I'll just say Yanni so as not to. What a real housewives of Atlanta love getting them some men from the country. They really do. (laughs) Ever since they started that whole Phaedra chocolate, African chocolate, everybody wanted African prince or African king or whatever. Oh my God. Um, Including Tamar. Even though Tamar is not on there. Remember, Jamar had an African right. dude at one point, too? Yes, she did. I'm like, oh, my God. And then Kenya Moore was tied to an African dude, even though it turned out to not be true. And, of course, Phaedra was tied to, you know. And then, of course, yeah. what's her name is is living her African king dream right now. <laughs> for her. So, yes. and, um, but anyway, so they're still going strong. And she had a cute little... Uh, video series of videos on her page where she kind of interviewed him on her own camera to say hey you know you're going to do an interview with me because the people want to know you they want to know who you are they're so curious Mm -hmm. about you so it was like a very playful tongue-in-cheek interview where she was asking a series of questions of him such as you know has your life changed at all since dating someone like me who's in the spotlight you know and how do you feel about that how do you feel about your life changing is it for the worse or for the better you know, and then she was asking, you know, does he have any single rich African friends? Because all her <laughs> friends and girlfriends want to know. And he was like, of course, I have some African friends. She was like, okay, but are they single or married? Are they well-to-do? And he was laughing and playing along. So it was very cute. It's posted on her Instagram page. And, of course, it was picked okay. up on Shade Room and all the other sites. But, you know, she really just seems like she's living her best life. Um and he, and he seems happy and good for her. You know, you never know with these things. I actually hope that she does return to Bravo so we can kind of see this relationship play out. But then again, yeah. that sometimes reality TV can be a curse on relationships, especially new ones of, that don't have substance. So, you know, as curious yes. as I am, maybe she should kind of protect this one and kind of hold it close to her. Um, but that that's her decision to make. I know she has some things she needs to iron out with the network before she yeah. even <laughs> could be considered to return because they, they had their little falling out. And she said, I think they things. owe her some money. I don't know. I, I'm sure they owe her money. She always felt like she wasn't paid accurately. But then she was she was slinging around accusations of being racist and exploiting black women. And she said some pretty strong things. You know, yeah. I know at one yeah. point 
she was like Andy's favorite person. And then she said some really, really strong things, you know, so Mm -hmm. I don't know where they stand, but I know that she has said, I'd be willing to sit down and have a conversation with Bravo. And Andy agreed that he also would be willing to have a conversation. So I I would Mm -hmm. really love to see more about her and Yanni and their relationship and all this stuff and how, how the other women are receiving it. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep watching Nene, but good luck to you. And that's all the hot topics, unless there was anything else you wanted to throw into the you know your fa- I was gonna tell you, you know your faves are coming to Disney Plus UK. What's Disney? What's in Disney Plus UK? The Kardashians. Their whole their whole new season is gonna be on are Disney Plus UK. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna wait be Disney on. Plus. That's an interesting network to pick up. Yeah, well, so so I think for you the mean their US, new show, the new yeah, one they're whatever have? new show they're having oh, is okay. gonna be. I think in the US it's on Hulu exclusively. And then on in the UK, it's going to be Disney Plus UK because you know Hulu, Disney, all of them are kind of owned by the same people. Yes, ESPN, yes. Spotify, mm-hmm. they're all owned by the same people. So I wonder um, if Davidson's featured in the show or has he declined to participate? Because I just he's oh such a hot topic these days. I don't really bring him to our hot topics, but you know he's all in the media. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't just really focus on none. POCs over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's, that's why, why I don't we don't really talk about the Kardashians. We don't, yeah, unless... we don't talk about the Kardashians and stuff. Yeah, because then it's too um, much. It it's just stop. too much. Yeah, it, it, it won't stop. So, But I hope he's careful getting involved with the fam- that family and stuff. Because yeah. they'll, they'll fuck you dry and everything. So, and yes, yes. <laughs> yes. All right, then, guys. We're going to take a quick break and come back with our interview this week and our Writing in Color series with Aisha Wheatland. Y'all stay tuned. Take a break. Hi, everybody, and welcome to have another Writing in Color interview with Aisha Wheatland. She's a debut author with Thule, and her novel, There You Are, comes out. I think by the time this podcast comes out, it'll already be out. It'll already be available in stores and online. Um, she grew up in Detroit, Michigan, but currently resides in a Chicago suburb with her kids and her husband. Um, and she's a wonderful person with a great sense of humor. And I hope you all enjoy our interview where we talk about process and then her kind of falling into her deal with Thule and the kind of amazing start she's had as a romance writer. So you all stay tuned and enjoy, and we'll be back. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I am here with Aisha Weedland. We're going to be talking about her debut with tool uh there you are um Aisha how are you I'm good how are you thanks so much for having me thank you for coming on I know you are probably so excited about this week and this week coming up and with your debut and how first of all how are you feeling I'm a ball of nerves um (laughs) I'm I'm very excited you know this is something you know I've I've always wanted you know when you're a kid you read so many books and Mm. you know you always like wonder imagine like I'll be cool to have my name on a book you know for other people Mm. to read and for that to actually be happening is it's kind of wild actually you know when I look Mm -hmm. at the cover I'm like my name is on there and 
Oh my God, my picture's <laughs> on the back. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, it's it's a lot of joy and excitement, but also a lot of nerves and anxiety around it too. So Yeah, yeah. So you talked about your books as a kid. So let's get started with that. So let's let's talk about your kind of romance origin story or how you got started interested in, in writing romance. So when is sure. the first time you kind of fell in love with romance and romance novels? Wow. So when I was a little kid, like, I mean, not little, little, but like, I want to say like probably about 13, 14, 15, around that age, you know, I was, you know, a latchkey kid, both parents worked, I played a lot of sports, but I would be home, you know, by myself or with my brothers. And um, my mom had like this huge collection of like Daniel Steele books. Mm, And yeah, you know, and I would read, like, I was, uh, like, I read everything. So, you know, you get to the point where you're like, all right, I've read all my books, so I don't <laughs> have anything else to read. Mm-hmm. So I got curious, like, why does she have, like, all these books? And it would be, like, shelves upon shelves of books. And mm-hmm. so I just started, like, sliding, you know, I would sneak one off and, you know, mark the page, put it back. And I just started reading them. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. Like, these books are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sort of got away from it, you know, once I got into high school. So I was just so busy and I was reading so many books for school. So I sort of got away from the romance genre a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. but I think as a young adult, it, it definitely like came roaring back. It started with like young adult novels. Right. Um, and then I'm like, you know, I, I think I can <laughs> read adult novels. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I can read adult books. So um, and then I just, I just, you know, kind of fell in love with it. Like I, I became addicted to like the happily ever after endings, mm-hmm. um, just the journeys of the characters and, you know, there, there is some fun in like, you know, reading a description of like the male character and how he looks and sort of playing a game in your head of you imagining you putting that image together in your head. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and then just sort of going on the ride of how they all end up together. I just really enjoy that so much. So, so you uh, love the journey of, of yeah. the romantic journey of the characters and how yes. they end up together and, and everything. I get it. I totally get it. I do too. I, I love that kind of part of, of romance. Yeah, I mean, because you know, you know, you know how it's going to end. You know, <laughs> you yeah, know right. how to pick it up. That it's going to be a happily ever after, but it's the fun is like, okay, well, how do they get there? You know, what's going to happen? What are they going to go through? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just really enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you kind of switch from becoming, first of all, can you kind of tell us what you do professionally? And sure. If any, <laughs> if any way that like, does how does that kind of translate to your transition into writing romance? Because I, we've had like if you say you're a lawyer, I'm gonna say okay. We have we've had 800 lawyers on this on this podcast. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me because some reason lawyers love writing romance. But really, I, I didn't yeah, know oh, yeah. that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's a thing. It's totally a thing. Um, wow. So, <laughs> so tell no, us. Tell I mean, me. I wish I was a lawyer. I work for accounting. I'm in an an accounting department for McDonald's mm-hmm. Corporation. So. Okay. I, yeah, it's so far from writing anything. <laughs> it's the complete opposite of of writing, but 
you know, mm -hmm. I went to college to be a sports writer. Like I wanted mm. to um, write about sports. That's what I wanted to mm. do. Um, but things just didn't turn out that way. So I'm like, well, I've got to find a job and that's a right. job I've had. But, you know, that love for writing just never went away. It was right. sort of shifting what I wanted to write about. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for me, because I just, I read so many romance novels or have read so many that I was like, I think I can do this. And, you know, you get an idea in your head and you start jotting some things down and you're mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, I think I got, I think I got something here. I think I do. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a, it's a balance. It's a hard balance of, you know, working all day, coming mm -hmm. home, taking care of the family. And then yeah. it's like eight o'clock at night and you're like, all right, I'm going to write. <laughs> Yeah. So that's your, so that's your general schedule. Like you're you you're kind of a night owl writer. So you're working yes. like at night, and you're just kind of doing your nine to five, and you come home, and then and then you start writing. I, I, I get it. That's totally my schedule too. So how do you yeah. like? How do you kind of balance your professional life and the writing life? Like, do you constantly keep that schedule? Are you like a schedule? Yeah. Person? I mean, sometimes you know when it's the weekends. Sometimes if I wake up and I have an idea of like, oh, I, I figured out how to make this particular part of the story work and it's, mm -hmm. you know, 10 a.m. on a Saturday, then I'll sit down and I'll start writing. But typically I am 100% a nighttime writer. Um, mm -hmm. You know, after, after dinner, after I clean up, everybody's settled in for the night, my day is done. I, I feel like that's when my brain sort of starts working to... Mm -hmm to write a story because um, sort of the, the stress of the day is over. So mm -hmm. the creative side of my brain starts to feel like, okay, I can, I can right. work now. Right. <laughs> right, sort right. Of been, yeah. Coasting throughout the day, the job, the kids, you know, dinner, everything else is done. So now that other part can sort of shut on a little bit so yeah that kind of um, that kind of automatic switch goes off and then your yeah. light just comes on got it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Totally so got it's, it. um sometimes it's very late nights which i pay for the next day but i mean <laughs> it's if i have to write so you know it's 12 30 1 a.m mm -hmm. then that's mm -hmm. what it is but yeah. um what i do also do is music listening to music helps and i mm. have found that when i have sports playing in the background that also helps me write a lot really so wow. i'm super distracted but it helps me <laughs> it's mm. distracting to someone else but it it helps my creative mind work but you just let's see it makes sense because you said you were a person who loves sports and wanted sports yep. journalism so i can see how the the love of sports kind of like you know um really really uh impacted you as, as as with your writing and stuff like that i mean it's in the debut novel so i mean we can talk about that <laughs> we can talk about that in, just, in a little bit. just a little just bit just a little bit it's a little yeah. bit in there yeah so let's talk about how we got to the point of writing and saying okay i think i got this idea i want to start writing it like mm -hmm. how how did the concept for your debut novel come about and were there like some some kind of uh, pre-debut novel experiments going on before, or like, or oh. was this like the first thing you kind of put out there, and it was like, and then bam, you know, because you know, I, I just want you to put that out there because people think that the first thing you write is like automatically going to be accepted by people, and it's not true. <laughs> um, but I just <laughs> I want you to put that out there. That not at not, all. 
so, so for so me the journey um, yeah let me let me take you on the on the, on the journey here. So for me, um, I had an idea in my head. The only thing that I had in my head at the time was how they met. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing I had, and I had um, the relationship with her father because I uh, was very close with my dad. So those were the right. only two things that I had in my head. And then, um, you know, my son at the time, he's 13 now, so he would have been uh, 12 or just turned 12 Mm -hmm. um, or 11 and a half. He um, had went away to sleep sleep away camp for the first time. So I couldn't sleep. Mm. Um, I could not sleep. I was, (laughs) you know, I missed my kid and my, and My daughter couldn't sleep because she missed her brother. So we're just up. Oh. Like, what are we going to do? You know, I was off the whole week. And um, I was like, you know what? I have this idea in my head. It won't go away. So why don't you start writing something? So I that's what I did, like, every single night. I just, I, I couldn't sleep. So I just, um, I stayed up and I kept writing and kept writing and writing and writing and rewriting. And I finally had something that felt like it was a book and I Mm -hmm. sent what I had to a few of my good friends and I'm like hey can you you know what do you think about this what do you think and they were like this you have something here right I think this would be a good book so you know I just started working on it and then um I don't have an agent or anything so I Mm -hmm. um started googling um romance uh publishing companies wow okay and looking at uh, the submission guidelines and and things like that. So I just started sending out what I had and I got Mm -hmm. a lot of 23 rejections. Um, Mm. Some of them came with notes. The vast Mm. majority of them did not come with notes. Do not come with notes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just thanks for coming, you know, and um, Tuli, sent me a response and they said we you know we like what you have here but you need to fix this this and this Mm -hmm. and I said well if I fix those things can I resend it and they were like yeah you know and I I thought like oh they're just so nice you know (laughs) (laughs) but you didn't you didn't realize that when you when that happened that's a rare thing that happens in public when people say hey we really like it but can you you know can you tweak this and that yeah you know oh they're trying to help me you know (laughs) (laughs) that's so nice of them so i um i fixed it and i resent it and um they were like yeah you're on the right path but fix this like i had a couple more things i had to fix and then i sent it back and then they offered me um a contract for that book so wow it was a long process that you know it was a lot of tears a lot of you know I don't want to do this anymore this is too hard you know yeah. and you know a lot of encouragement from you know my friends and my family just like you know keep going keep going yeah I'm like, yeah all right I'm gonna keep going and, and, you, so, and you gotta keep going because I mean like I said that that opportunity for you to like get what they call it if, if anybody's listening and you're not in publishing it's called an r and r um a revise and resubmit for you to get that opportunity 
is so rare. I mean, yeah. so many people don't even get that. And still, so many people still submit R&Rs and still don't get contracts. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, and that's yeah. sort of how, what I felt was going to happen. I was like, oh, that's really nice of them. You know, they mm -hmm. spent all this time reading and I felt like they wanted something back maybe because they mm -hmm. had spent so much time like giving me feedback, but mm -hmm. nope. They, they genuinely were interested in it. So, um, I think, I, I think I like that you had like this level of naivete about, <laughs> about, about, oh, they're just being nice. I, mean, <laughs> I think that's just so, I think that's so endearing. Like, 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 oh, that's so sweet. She really thinks they're being nice when really the publishing industry is so doggone cutthroat. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like the veneer of it is starting to wear off for me a little bit now that I, you know, am in it. Um, so at the time, though, I was like, oh, that's so kind of them, you know, but um, it's starting to sort of lose its shine. It's hard. It is hard. It's, you know, mm -hmm. reading and, and talking to so many other authors and hearing a lot of um Kind of horror stories of their experiences it's it does sort of make you feel like do i really want to keep doing this but you know right. at the end of the day you have to decide why you're doing it do you are you doing right. it because you enjoy writing or because you want fame and fortune i mean those mm -hmm. things are nice but you know it's very rare that people get really rich from this so right 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 it's it really comes nice down little, to little, doing little what you want to do yeah, you might have a nice little savings put away, but I, you might not be super rich. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I so you you're saying now you, you don't have an agent when you when you went out and pitched this book to different um agencies and publishing houses, you didn't have an agent. Um, has that changed for you now? Are you still without an agent or no, I still I you, still don't have an agent. It's just it's just me. Are you think? Are you are you just like that's cool? I'm cool off of that. Are you thinking about maybe going into um, that route or seeing any benefit to that? I don't know. Um, I still feel like I need to sort of learn what would be the benefit of having an agent for me. Because mm -hmm. um, I was talking to um, someone about like you know I did query a few agents and um they were like maybe because you already have secured a deal with a book maybe that you're sort of cutting their job out a little bit by uh -huh. you already having done that so mm -hmm. I'm like, well maybe you know so i i just at the current moment i have not been querying for an agent maybe that might mm -hmm. change in the future but um right now i i haven't Mm -hmm. I've heard I've heard mixed reviews about that. Like some people say, if you have a book deal and you get an agent, maybe they can negotiate something a little better than that than it's in your contract. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I hear, like you said before, maybe it's like cutting yourself off of the knees. I mean, you've already done that, and you mm -hmm. already, you know, try to get an agent. So I guess it's, I guess it depends on your, you know, personal preference for what yeah. you want to do and where you want to see your your career and your trajectory. For your yeah. career going um, i mean i would love to have like this booming career where i didn't have to work another job and i could you know just, just <laughs> that is the fantasy, yes. yeah that'd be awesome mm -hmm. 
um that's the dream right that's you know that's what i would love to be doing um so you know maybe maybe if i feel like that's what's coming up for me or that's mm -hmm. what's about to happen for me maybe then that will shift my thought process like man i really gotta get somebody to help me out with this um mm -hmm. but right now you know i'm so new to this and i'm learning mm -hmm. so much um every day so mm -hmm. You know, maybe maybe soon I'll do it, but it's it's not on my radar. Not not yet. Not right now. <laughs> that's definitely right. right. Maybe maybe, Any maybe agent not. out it's there like, that's like, hey, I like her. You know, holla at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no pressure or anything. Just, you know. <laughs> so so you talked a little bit about the whole like editing process and there were tears and stuff like that oh my God, yes. what was mm -hmm. the what what was the thing that kind of brought on like that most frustration and, and and anxiety for you um doing this kind of revision process and, and getting it back to the publisher yeah I think for me is um you would first of all it is daunting like when you mm -hmm. when you open up that document and you see like the, the, the <laughs> the revisions on the side it is like oh my god what did I turn mm -hmm. in like it is mm -hmm. it is a daunting process overall but I think for me it would be I would I would fix something and then I would send it back and I would see that same sentence like you need to fix this this is what you're doing <laughs> what am I doing wrong like I am really yeah. not good at this you know so it it will be the the self doubt when you're you're trying to make a correction. Never mind that you've already made various corrections through the editing process that were totally accepted and fine, but it would be that one or two things that got sent back that would just like, oh my god, I'm so bad, you know. So yeah. it would just sort of be a lot of uh, self doubt in the process that you would sort of go through. But, you know, you, sometimes it would help to just, I wouldn't edit right away. I would get it and sort of open it up. Mm -hmm. And then I would see like how much was ahead of me and be like, all right, I'm going to do that right now. And mm -hmm. I would <laughs> sort of close my computer and just put it away and say, I'll come back to it in a couple of days. Just, I had mm -hmm. to sort of get my head together to take Yeah, it take on. a breather. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I think that would help me. Because um, initially I would be like, oh my God, I, this is just so bad. But I think if once I would get it back, I would open it up, sort of scan through it a little bit and be like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll all right, today is Friday, Tuesday, I'll work on it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I would sort of take a break, sort of breathe from it, think it over, get my mm -hmm. mind right, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because because looking at it all at once, it's just like you know, it's like eating an elephant. You gotta do a little bit at a time. You yeah. know, <laughs> you can't it's just all it at is, once. It's yeah. Tough. yeah, yeah. So, did you feel like when you were getting those revisions and all that thing, you just feel like, okay, maybe they're not understanding my voice. Maybe they're not understanding like my perspective, particularly. Uh, I mean, because this is like a this is like an interracial romance. So, did you feel yeah. like they weren't coming? You know, understanding maybe certain cultural aspects or they weren't understanding certain nuances and stuff like that. Cause I know that can be difficult with, you know, publishers and, you know, us as, you know, women of color and black women. Yeah. Sometimes they have that difficulty. 
Uh, sometimes, sometimes I'll feel like that. And if I ever had a spot where there, there would be a note, well, I don't understand this, or maybe you should fix this. I would sort of put a comment underneath that to explain mm -hmm. why it was written a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that note would be accepted. So sometimes mm -hmm. it would just be me having to explain a piece of dialogue or explain an emotion to my editor. And she's, I mean, Julie was awesome. So awesome. there, yeah, there were moments when, um, I would get, get it back and there would be a, a note for a particular thing. And I would be like, oh no, no. No, this is what it. This is what I meant by that. So no, I'm gonna leave that mm -hmm. the way that it is because this is mm -hmm. the thought behind it. Um, and then I'll be like, oh, okay, you know what I mean. So sometimes mm -hmm. that would happen, but I appreciated that I could just add an additional note to mm -hmm. sort of e express or explain why something was written the way that it was. And as you were going, I know you 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 touched on this a little bit earlier about you know sending it out to friends, kind of beta read and stuff like that. Yeah. But as you were going, and because writing is such a solitary um, profession mm -hmm. <laughs> and 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 occupant occup occupation, were there did you ever have like lean on any like groups of writers or groups of friends or or like connect with folks to try to you know build a community of writers to kind of get you through? those kind of hard times and if so has that benefited you in any type of way or 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 so, have you just rolling solo <laughs> yeah so through through this whole first book it has been it was me solo because I was I was mm -hmm. just like I was so just I don't know what I'm doing I'm just gonna write this story and you know see what happens so it was a very in my solitude kind of process. I had I had my girls that I sent my stuff to and they would look at it and then they would just send me information back. But the second book, uh, because at that point I had been introduced to the other two lead writers and I became right. part of a a writing and author community at that point. So mm. once I started making those kind of connections, it became a little easier to, mm -hmm. you know, I have an editor now and I have like a good, a, a good Thule friend. I can say, Hey, can you look at this? Or I feel mm -hmm. like this, or I, you know, I don't know if I'm good at this and sort of talk to them and throw some ideas off from now, now that's there. Now I have that community now mm -hmm. and now it's getting even bigger and bigger and bigger. But mm -hmm. for this particular book, I had no, <laughs> very much like new to this, you know, doing a lot of mm -hmm. research on my own. And mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it was very, very much a, a solitary experience for me. But you're one of the, I mean, you're one of the lucky ones because all of the things that you've done alone, the research and everything like that, it, it, it definitely paid off for you. So your tenacity with getting information and, and, and getting it out there is definitely, definitely paid off for you. Because like I said, people, a lot of people don't get that with the first thing they write or their, deb their debut, you know, they just, you know, it just goes into the slush pile and people don't yeah, even see it's, it sometimes. It's crazy. I'm, I am just so blown away and so grateful you know that this is happening um because it's i i did reach a point of i'm gonna probably have to try to do it on my own you know but mm -hmm. i'm like i have a brother my brother my older brother um did a book he did like a graphic novel and he did it on his own and i'm like mm -hmm. i 
I don't have the brain that he has. <laughs> like, I just mm. don't. I don't have that thing to just do it by myself. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I did, but I just didn't. Like, I did want to go a more traditional publisher route. And mm -hmm. um, that was the dream. That's what I wanted to do. So I just had to keep enduring whatever to, to make it happen. And I'm just really happy and, and grateful that it, you know, it worked out that way. It worked out, you know, the way that I hoped that it would. So I'm very happy about that. So how has publishing this first book changed your perspective, if you had one, uh, about publishing, the publishing process, and particularly working with Tuli? What, what have they gotten right in terms of, like, what you want to see and do as a writer? It's uh, definitely... Uh, made me look at the publishing process in a it sort of opened my mind to every step and phase on how a book is on a shelf because mm. I don't think that I've ever really thought about that before like you mm -hmm. go to the store you're like oh this this cover looks interesting and then you pick it up and then you read the, the synopsis on the back and then you're like oh, okay how long is it let me look at the well, I think I can read through this. And then you just take mm -hmm. one home and then that's that. Mm -hmm. And then now that you now that I've gone through the process from beginning to end and I've talked to other writers and you know, some people have writing groups, some people have uh they have to reach a certain number of words a day and the editing process and revision process and cover mock-ups and it's so much that goes yes. into yes. putting it on the shelf that you see at Target. And right. it's just not, it's just not something you think about. And mm -hmm. um, to be in it, and it, and it is an emotional process. It is such an emotional roller coaster. Even now, as I'm promoting it, it's like, oh, are people gonna read it? You know, it's it's just such oh, a hogwash. Yeah, it's just such a um, because it's your baby. And you, right. want, you want people to love your babies. You know, you want people mm -hmm. to, to think the world of your babies. And that's how you right. feel about your book. It is your baby. And you want people to love it and tell other people about it. You got to read this book. And, you know, did you, let me tell you about the story I read. And so, but even with that, every step, every stage of the process is just you really got to be ready to deal with rejection, to deal mm. with what you have in your mind might not always be the thing that works out or what you have down in your outline and like some great idea might not be the the thing that drives the story. It might be something else. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's a fun process, but it's definitely an emotional one for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. for so sure. let's talk about, let's, let's talk about this first book of your baby. Um, so I finished it. I really, really enjoyed it. I oh, really yay. Um, yeah, I don't tell I don't tell stories on people. I wouldn't say I liked it if I did. Um, <laughs> but I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I wouldn't talk to you. I'd be like, um, so I'd like to cancel this interview. Okay. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've never had to do that ever. 
Um, but um, I, I, you talked a little bit about the story of Nate and Amina, um, and that you kind of had the idea just that they would meet at this kind of PR event, yeah, um, charity uh, event for the mm-hmm. hospital and the and the Bulls. And mm-hmm. as a person who loves sports, I love sports too, and you love sports. Well, I'm surprised you didn't make it like a total sports romance. You know, but um, I feel like but, if I did that, it would get away from me a little bit. I think that, uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think that so, if I did something in that lane, it would just get so far away from me mm-hmm. that I would be like, "What so, is this?" <laughs> so other than, other than where you where you um had the meet and, and the bulls and your love of sports, where else did you kind of pull these pull ideas from, and what did you want to highlight um, in your romance? You know. What do you want to like do differently in your romance that you hadn't seen in others? Oh, because there are a lot there there are a lot of folks writing interracial and stuff like that romances. But what did you want to do differently in your yeah? So I have read um, a few, um, and there there might be more seasoned um, interracial romance readers and writers more so than I am. But based on mm-hmm. from this is my own personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, based on the things that I have read, I didn't. Um, the guy would always be like awesome, right? And the thing that I felt like was always missing in them was the internal struggle of mm. am I built for this? Because mm. being in an interracial relationship is tough. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. And especially on, you know, I was thinking too, on the heels of everything that, you know, the country has gone through mm-hmm. with um, the this racial reckoning, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. But um, it just to me felt like I can't you can't write this story about this beautiful black woman and this very handsome, incredible man who's white and not address her conflict, her inner conflict of mm-hmm. dating someone who was white and how mm-hmm. that would make her feel, how her family would view it. Oh, um, yeah. You know, there was how her her job would view it, how her community would view it. Like you can't mm-hmm. do it and not tell that part of it. So I think that yeah, I think that's what I really liked about it because you know, oftentimes I read an interracial romance and a lot of times I will DNF one if they don't even address those type of issues. Right. Like, I, you know, everything's clunky door. It's fine. Like, yes. the idea of race never comes up. Exactly. I'm like, how is that possible? How is that possible for you to be Right. It's not. Somebody? I can't believe that. I can't believe it. Yeah. That's un- that's not believable in a romance. That makes right. it a fairy tale at that point. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And not a romance. Um, right. But I like, I like that you had Amina worried about her perceptions because she's a person that does community outreach and she's like well if i'm in the community and i'm doing community outreach what would it look like if i have this white guy on my arm you know right. no matter how quote-unquote cool he is and, and you know he knows sports and has black friends and all this stuff it doesn't matter to me you know you know what i do professionally and my own relationship with my my father and things like that it's important to me you know she had yeah. these two prominent black men in her life with her brother and her father and she yeah. didn't want to just kind of feel like 
she was betraying them in a way you yeah, know what I mean yeah, yeah. yeah so yep. I mean I, I was yeah. just like oh okay that's that's interesting because we a lot of times I mean there are well-known authors that I like that race is just skirted around I'm just like bro yeah. like you get like let's let's just dig into it let's talk about right it. and it, yeah it felt like I couldn't I couldn't be true to the story and the journey of their relationship if I didn't address it yeah and I felt like it had to be addressed and I also it was also important to me um that I had the 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 two most important people in her life were two black men who were Mm -hmm. who loved her that were you know were strong people in her life Mm -hmm. um that was also important to me. So um, th- those were the things that I felt <coughs> were crucial to the story. And right. I felt were a little different from other interracial romances that I had read. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the things that I felt like, okay, if you're going to do this, if you're going to write, if you're going to tell this story, then you got to tell it all. Like you got to you got to tell it. You got to tell her like, yeah, I'm like, I don't feel good about this. <laughs> like, right, I don't, right, I don't right. know. Like you, you're, you're, you're amazing, but I don't know. I'm not right. sure. Right. Right. And I like, and I also like the fact that although she, I'm not going to give it, I'm not going to give away the book or the plot or some of the plot points because <laughs> I want people to go out there and read it. Um, I like, also like the fact that Nate was a good guy. Yeah. But Amina was very quick to be like, I'm dating you, but I don't need you to save me, basically. Like, I don't like, because a lot of times, um, another criticism, I think think a lot of folks have of interracial relationships and just romance in general is that, interracial um, romance, excuse me, and romance in general is that the white main character is often painted as this savior that comes in and saves saves yeah. a girl and that, that idea particularly gets complicated when you add factors like race and culture and stuff like that yeah. into yeah. the mix but i like the fact that amina had her own mind her own way and even though she had this difficult situation going on um he wasn't there to save her yeah he was just there to support her yes and there's a, and there's definitely a difference yeah that. And, and she was very and she's clear on mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't need you to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very clear, which irritates him. But mm-hmm. right, right. He's like, a, I want to do it. I want to. Right. Help you. Yeah. At a certain point, he does have to go. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let, let step let back. It, yeah, mm-hmm. and step back and and trust her and let her do it. And um, yeah. I I just I you know I wanted I I wanted to have her be a strong black woman, but not like. And I wanted her to still be vulnerable, and you um, didn't want her to be like a, a the the a caricature of a strong yes. black woman, right? Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Got it. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She she was strong, but it didn't make her. That wasn't all she was. No, like, I'm a strong black woman. I don't need you know. I don't need no. blah, blah blah. You know, she wasn't. <laughs> She's she definitely was, very she very bad. vulnerable and very vulnerable, yes, um, in touch with her feelings and how she feels mm-hmm. and um she's very clear <laughs> yeah very she's clear. very clear yeah <laughs> and nate nate your your characterization of nate mm-hmm. is not one of a guy who's just oblivious to what's going on 
you know, mm-hmm. around him and in mm-hmm. their situation. He's like, look, I mean, I know, I know, you know, you think people are looking at us when we go out, but I know that, but I don't care. Right. <laughs> like, I don't, right. I don't care about that. I know it happens, but I don't mm-hmm. care. What I care about is you and, and your happiness and ability and, and stuff like that. Right. And I, I um, think you, for me, based on my own personal experience, I, mm-hmm. I think for it, it's difficult for me to talk to people in interracial relationships and they don't discuss race because mm. I'm like, how is that happening? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. how is that even possible? I'm, I'm not sure how that, how you can do that. Um, mm. So it was super important to me that he was written in a way that they were clear. They were he understood, like, I got you. Like, I, I see, I see the eyes too. Like, I, you know, I, I see them. I feel them on us. Like, mm-hmm. I, I understand. Um, I'm not oblivious to, to what mm-hmm. is around us or what we'll have to encounter. But mm-hmm. with all that, I'm still here with you. You know what I mean? Right. So I will right. take it on. So, right. Um, right. He had a, he had such a level of like tenderness that I yeah. think. And, and, you know, not handling her with kid gloves, but at the same time, you know, having a level of tenderness and compassion for her and her family and situation and stuff like that, that needed to happen in particularly in those kind of tense moments that were yeah. happening. Look at me trying to talk about it, girl, and not trying to... <laughs> <laughs> You're doing such a good job. I'm like, and, I'm like, and trying to not tell y'all what happened with telling y'all what happened. <laughs> You're doing really good. Okay. Woo, okay. Good. 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 So, because like, okay. Still, even with all the the race stuff, we uh, still haven't really got into so much other stuff <laughs> that's happening. Not only that, I mean, we let's talk about you know this idea of familiar burdens and like this idea of like you know having because you're the woman in the family. And I definitely feel this a lot. Um, you know, I'm the woman. I feel like I have to be this caretaker. You know, she's a yes. caretaker for her dad who's ailing and stuff like yes. that. It's not really a spoiler, y'all, but no. it's, it's, you know, a caretaker for a dad who's ailing. She has a brother that she has a contentious relationship with. You know, she has some other things going on. She has a job that's high pressure. It's a lot. She, yeah, it's a lot on her. A lot. My girl is dealing with a lot. She's dealing with a lot. <laughs> She's dealing with so much. But I think it's so relatable because so many black women have so much on our shoulders mm-hmm. that we don't even ask to have on us. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like then, she's like, yeah, you know, she's like, oh, I gotta do this event. I, got, I have to do it because it's gonna right. get right. I have to do it. She can't delegate. <laughs> she can't right, delegate. and then, and then yeah. on top of all of that, this this guy comes into her life that she's mm-hmm. like, really? This, yeah. This is why right now. Yeah. Like why right now? Right, right. Like why right now? Why does he have to come right now when I'm in the midst of all this madness? Why does he have to come right now? Like I felt that. I felt that. I felt that, you know, on a personal level, because you know, Dylan, when I met my husband and you know, um, I was going through a whole lot and he was so kind and sweet. I'm like, wait a minute, why are you here right now? Why are you here right now? But I think when, when, whether it be a character in a, in a fiction, 
a work of fiction or in your real life, when somebody comes in the midst of your chaos they're, and they're sweet and kind, so they're here to bring you calm and center you. Right. <laughs> like they're here to they're here to bring you calm and center you in a way that you're not able to do for yourself. Right. So I think that's what Nate is doing for Amina in this in this whole world that she has yeah. going on. Yeah. And so you you touched on like a lot of things you, you've experienced with interracial romance and stuff like that. How much of your own you don't have to say, but how much of your own personal life and experience and stuff did you kind of mine for your debut novel? <laughs> Quite a bit, actually. Yeah, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> um, so there is a lot. Like, um, I have personally, I've dealt with um, family mm. stuff. Mm. So the family mm. stuff that is is addressed in the book. I ha- I mm-hmm. could, I've got lots of stories for that. Um, mm. I, I I've dealt with that. I've dealt with um, a situation with. Uh, a co-worker a, I've, I've had a co-worker say something um mm. to me. <laughs> um mm. my my husband has had someone say something to him mm. um so there there have been um as a mom i've had um someone just one sorry no problem sorry i was dealing with something with my dog um <laughs> i've had uh a situation with uh our kids, we were out somewhere. I was just telling someone this, actually. We were mm-hmm. out at uh, like a little local children's museum. And mm-hmm. I think my kids were like five and two. Mm-hmm. And there was a woman there that called me their nanny. She thought I mm-hmm. was their um, So it, <laughs> there's so many oh stories and that um, just for me personally that I have dealt with, I've had... Um, situations with some friends that they've dealt with it not with being black and white but just you know religion things Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. someone being jewish someone not being jewish so Mm -hmm. um it's it it can affect you a variety of different ways oh Um, yeah oh yeah so yeah it's i i just sort of kind of looked at my own life to Mm -hmm. to draw the 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 realism for what she experiences her thought process because that was that was how I felt mm-hmm. I felt that like and is this you know how people looking at me you know what I mean when, when mm-hmm. I'm out you know what I mean so I I've personally have have felt that way I have now reached a point like I don't really care I've been in this for too long like I don't whatever yo like I don't care but at the time mm-hmm. when we had initially started going out I definitely was in Amina's headspace. Like, mm. did you see that? <laughs> did you, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see yeah. them looking at us? Like, mm. I definitely was was that person. So I I drew, was drew, drew information um from me from my yeah. headspace. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been married? Not not the, not the. Uh, seventeen years. This will be our wow. year in December. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, Love, so we will persevere. We've been together <laughs> for eighteen years, and married for seventeen. Oh, beautiful! That's absolutely beautiful. So, what 
so and then of course your husband has to be as hot as mate mate in this book because you know you wouldn't be together for 17 years if he wasn't (laughs) 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 so um what are what do you think um is next for you like what what do you think is that you want to accomplish next in your writing journey i know we have a follow-up to this book coming out with um sean and angela yes so so i i got a feeling what it's probably going to be about but you just confirm confirm it for me like is it going to be like an enemy to lovers type of thing or yes it is okay okay because i was like they don't like each other (laughs) oh girl they don't like each other though definitely a enemies to lover and i just have to say that that second book because at the time when i when they had accepted there you are i was presented with an idea of hey why don't you try writing um a like a hallmark type you know second book like a christmas mm-hmm. book and i'm like oh sure okay i had no plan no outline no nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> like okay and i the fun I had writing um, Sean and Angela's story was mm-hmm. just the best. It was just mm. so much fun. So, mm. um, so right now, what's next for me right now is um, I'm currently trying to write like a, a third and final book for the Romancing the Doctor series. Okay, um, and I'm. I'm I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm working on it. It's a very slow, slow going in the process. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I'm, I'm definitely trying to get that story together. Um, and it would be based on uh, their friend Lisa, who is uh, a good. She's closer to Angela, but she's friends with both Angela and Amina. But right, um, right. Yeah, but she's she's definitely she has a closer relationship with Angela. So mm-hmm. um, I'm in the early uh, draft process for that right now. So yeah. um, as far as success, what success looks like for me, I mean, if you know it's on a bestseller list, like you know, if people are like, "Oh my gosh, you got to read this book, girl!" Like you know, I, <laughs> that would be success yeah. for me. You uh, know, yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be awesome. Yeah. All right. So. We're coming down to the last part of the interview where I ask you like these like fast questions, sort of like James Lipton and Inside the Actors Studio. And yeah, you yeah, give me like yeah. the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh dear. Um, okay. And 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 what you think. So do you like writing heroes or villains? Heroes. What was your favorite book as a kid? Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Oh my God, I love that book. Oh my God, <laughs> I, I think I read that so much as a kid. Uh, it's the best, right? It, it, it is the best. It is the best. Um, and rest in peace, Judy. Uh, uh, yeah, love scenes or dramatic arguments. Which one do you like to write? Ooh, that's. I gotta. Oh man, that's. That's tough. I gotta go. I, I think I'm gonna say dramatic arguments. Love scenes yeah. are hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have in the book, you have love scenes, but they're not like explicit. They're no. Like, yeah. And just to let readers know, if you're not, if you're looking for a high, high heat, 
Aisha's book is not high high heat. No. It's like it's a low level of heat, but it's still a compelling story. Um, but but sorry, there is a readership for that. Listen, like I know I have friends personally who are like, oh, I, oh God, I don't need to read all this. Wham, bam, 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 bam <laughs> stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> they're yes. more on the, the Hallmark style. Yeah. Uh, closed, closed door type closed of Closed up, type yeah. Thing. Closed behind, yeah. behind the door. Yeah. Yes, yes. Soap opera type thing. Yes. Just, just wake up and the sheets are to your neck. Yes. Um, oh my God. I'm so sorry about my dog. He's lost. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, where is your favorite place to write? uh in my living room on the couch okay okay mm -hmm. and i know you mentioned music you like writing to music so what yeah. kind of music do you like writing to so i based on i guess my character my main character um i make a playlist like mm. who was she listen to like i i wrote a whole playlist um for there you are and a lot of the like there's references to like what amina listens to in the book yeah. so yeah i made a whole playlist based on this is what she's listening to at home mm -hmm. so um so that's what i do like i'll make a playlist like a soundtrack to the book um mm -hmm. and that and that's what i listen to the whole time that i'm writing this story so when i did maybe this christmas i did like a christmas playlist Okay. Um, and I, that's all I listened to. So for this one, this this one that I'm working on now, I made a playlist for like, what, what is Lisa listening to? But for like, there you are, once you got to know Nate, I started to incorporate like, this is what he's listening to. Because mm -hmm. um, I'm like, I feel like I need to know there will be certain spots in the story that I would feel like I need to be in his head. Right. So I would, I started to make add songs to that playlist of like oh this is you know this is what he's listening to this is what he's feeling right now so mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and it's really fun because it does get you into them like it really it, does yeah yeah it's you feel mm -hmm. like you're you're with them while you're writing it so yeah okay so we know your book is going to be coming out so this is a big question mm -hmm. Are you go? Are you read or not read? Are you gonna read the book reviews or not read the book reviews? Oh my god! Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to say not read and still end up reading. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. That's exactly what happens. That's exactly what's gonna happen. Because it's your it's your first one. So yeah, once you get I, once you get once you get past the first one, you'll be like, I don't care. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I feel gonna like read. I'm going to be like, oh, I'm not going to read them. And then it's going to be like Saturday morning. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to look. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll just be down a rabbit hole. Like, they said what? Like, I'm just going to. Yeah. So if your book was uh, made into a movie, mm. who would you who would you like to see as the lead? <laughs> Oh dear. Okay. So for Amina, I think Tika Thumpter. Okay. Would be really good for her. And I mean, if you know me, you know Chris Evans would totally be neat. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. That would be one hundred percent. Um that would totally be nice. I can see that. Yeah. 
Yeah. I can totally see that. Yeah. What about I go, some of the for other her, characters? I go back and forth between Tika Sumter and Issa Rae. Like, you know, I go back and forth. But, oh, Issa Rae. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I think, oh. I feel like Tika Sumter would, would be the one, though. I feel mm-hmm. like she would be it. That's who I saw when I was writing it. So I think. Uh-huh. Or no, or you know, um, oh my god, I'm so sorry. This is supposed to be no. fire. I'm totally not doing that. No, um, no, 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 keep going, girl. Uh, what's the girl? Uh, Asia Naomi King, she was on. Oh, I love her. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, how to get away with her. Yes, mm-hmm. she would also be good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah she, my she, guy she, will change, but we <laughs> 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 women, but it's just that one guy, yeah. Yeah, got it. Yep, got it. Mm-hmm. So, what's the last romance novel that you read that wasn't yours? Okay. Oh, I just read uh, "Window Shopping" by Tessa Bailey. Oh, okay, really good. And uh, "Hot Under His Collar," I just finished too, um, and that was very good. Um, okay. And I'm reading. Um, oh shoot, I can't remember the name of. <laughs> I just started. Um, it's the, the girl with stars in her eyes I just started reading. Oh, Zio Axelrod. That's yeah, really I started reading that one too. So that's it. And speaking of playlists, I mean, she has a whole playlist. I think she had an Instagram, a playlist. Really? A all she did, all of that for the fake band. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> all that. Like, she was like, she made a whole world for them. Like, that is so crazy. Fun crazy i think she's doing it again for the second book too so i can't wait oh, for, awesome. for that to I come out finished it yet. i like am only it's like, really I'm good the, like i'm in like chapter four now so it's, it's very really good, good so far but i've just been so busy like i started reading it and i'm like oh i got i gotta do stuff <laughs> so okay. it, it, i'll get back to reading it okay and speaking of romance novels if someone was new to romance what uh, author, maybe old and new, would you recommend for them to read? I would recommend anything by Beverly Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Tessa Bailey a lot and Danielle Steele because you know she's the one that got the ball rolling for me. So, yeah, Danielle Steele and her yeah. fan book covers. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah she, just, she did have the best book cover. There was oh so my gosh, there. they were the best. Yes, yes. And so where do you see romance going in like the next decade? So where would you like to see it go? I think it's just going to continue to be this fun and exciting world where you can go to just sort of clear your head and disappear into someone's life. I think that it's going to continue to be more diverse. Um, I hope that you know, the tent gets bigger and wider to just continue to add more stories, more people, more different kinds of stories um, to be told from people from all walks of life. Um, mm-hmm. I just kind of just keep getting bigger and more grander as, you know, the years go on. I, that's that's what I think. That's where I, I hope that it continues to, to go. And I hope that I can add more stories to it. Okay, and finally, last question. When it's all said and done, what do you want readers to say about your body of work? When you've mm. written like 50 books, 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you want them to say about your body of work and, and, the, and the things that you've written? Um, I want people to say that they read my books and they felt happy. They felt an emotional journey and experience while they were reading it, um, that they laughed while they were reading it, that they look forward to, to what I'm going to put out next. I want readers to always feel like, oh, I can't wait to read the next one. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I want them to feel. That's because that's the ultimate compliment of a body of work when you're always clamoring for the next story. Right. That's right. how I want them to feel. Right. 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 That is awesome. So Aisha, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Um, You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an awesome, awesome interview. So let the people know where they can find you on social media and when the book comes out and where they can pick it up. Sure. Um, I am Aisha Wheatland on every platform, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on my not used very much TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I am on every platform, my first and last name. Um, You can purchase my book on Amazon. Um, It is available for uh, ebook and paperback. Mm-hmm. Um, and soon to be an audiobook as well. Um, I was going to ask. I was like, is there going to be an audiobook? For yes. It? Yep. It will be an audiobook. Uh, I'm not sure when that will be available, but it is okay. coming. And uh, so Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Apple Books. Let's um, <laughs> just look it up. Uh, Hobo. Let the people. Yeah, know. I mean, and yeah. if you like, you, you like what you read, please make sure you add like a positive review. Um, yeah, go to Goodreads, go to Amazon, and leave the review. Trust me, authors love, awesome. they, they need the reviews. Yeah. Yes, because when yeah. I when I sneak and read it, when I know that I can, <laughs> I'll be like, oh, what a pleasant <laughs> surprise! This awesome review is right there for me. Thanks. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Aisha. It's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. everyone i'm glad you all and i hope you all enjoyed that interview with aisha weedland um as she said you can find her everywhere on uh socials at aishaweedland.com she's on twitter and on instagram at i weedland that's i w i e d l i n so uh thank you so much aisha for coming on to the podcast we really really enjoyed you um, so, um, uh, watching romance this week, your Kenny and I both watched Single Black Female with, <laughs> with um, Amber Riley and uh, Raven Goodwin. Let me tell you, and they call them aka the industry twins. Um, <laughs> they sure enough were. It, I'm not gonna give nothing away, but y'all, it was so daggone enjoyable. It was, I, it was a good, it was so classic enjoyable. thriller. Yeah, it was a cl- nice classic. Thriller. I mean, if you yeah. if you've seen single white female and the obsession that that girl had, it's basically just a remake of that sort yeah. of. Yeah. Um, in the TV it, it TV landscape, because I think the lady was a, a TV presenter kind of like on like a Wendy Williams type thing. Yeah. Um, I, love. And, I felt like yeah. that was so out of the box and cool. I really like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, I, they played well off of each other. And stuff. They did. 
It was good to see K Michelle in there and Develle. Yes, K Michelle's all over Lifetime these days. Yes, this is she's her, doing her great. Lifetime. She's doing great. And uh, Develle Ellis was in there. Um, and so it was. It was. Was that the nice love interest? Thing. Yeah, the guy that she gave okay. up in the elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was, some, it was, some, it was some nice little eye candy in there too. So it was really, really good. It was super cute. And I don't, it's it like, so it's good. not giving it away to just say, I just, like you said, I really love the plot. It's kind of like, you know, a remake of the original, but yeah. just really cute. They put their own spin on it. I, mm-hmm. You know, for me, I love the fashion. I love the home. That, let me tell you something. I yes. don't know who did the dang fashion for them women, yeah. but it had to be somebody black because the plus size fashion was on and popping. I was just so, it was just so bomb. Remember that? So bomb. And this isn't this isn't like a spoiler, but there was a scene where she kind of like donated some clothes to you uh-huh. know her the woman. Uh-huh. They just were fire like. Just everything mm-hmm. was just. I just felt the fashions were good. They fit well. Just, the hair was looking the, good. Yes, hair looked great, especially like Monica. You know, yeah. Um, Raven Goodwin and just mm-hmm. they 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 weren't raggedy. It wasn't like a situation where it's a good plot but bad wigs or yes. a good plot but ill-fitting clothes. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm. just was thoughtful and just it was just it was just very enjoyable. Yes, it was cool. very enjoyable. Cool. If you have not seen it, you need to. Yes, to. yes, yes. Kudos to Lifetime because y'all are bringing some fire programming with black they women really at the are. center and forefront. And shout out to having two plus size leads, yeah, two dark skinned plus size leads yeah. in a movie. Which I don't I was think just, I've, ever I was, seen that I've never seen that before, and it was yeah, wonderful. There's usually one, it maybe without the lead wonderful. or like a. It's kind a of friend in the background, yeah. yes, yes, mm-hmm. and just a cute thing because I feel like you know, like you said, for so long people have said that they favor each other they look so much alike mm-hmm. so it was just like a really really cute thing to actually put them in the movie together the building like was, was yes it was more, definitely it was something for the it was for the fans of both of them you know what i mean because yeah. people who are fans like i'm a fan of definitely of both of them and love their work love amber from glee love raven from um being mary jane yes yes so i mean i mean both of those sisters hard-working sisters um and so they were just wonderful together. They had yeah. played off each other so and I well. And I love how, I mean, maybe I would have felt the same if the roles were reversed, but I love, you know, that Raven Goodwin was the, you know, well, I don't want to reveal yeah. but I yeah, love yeah. who she was, and I love to, you know, Amber Riley. Well, I mean, like, we I just say, thought that we can say, we can say Amber was the crazy one. And okay. then, and then, and then yeah. Raven was the kind of straight-laced one. You yeah. know what I mean? It so, just, yeah, it, it, Center and Raven was nice. It was real nice to have her kind of up front and center, you know. And came show really added like nice little comic humor. You know, yes, sometimes yes. when someone's not an act, you know, because these two ladies are are reputable actresses. They've yes, been in the game yes. for a while, so sometimes mm-hmm. a reality star throw them into it or like an entertainer it can be a little annoying kind of like yes. you know give this to an, an actress who's a trained you know actress but I enjoyed her in it I enjoyed her in it she yes. did a good job I'm talking about Kay Michelle she looked yes, she did great and she, she added great. a little comic relief I remember the scene where she, she was just like I have to see it to believe it let me see your phone when there was something <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard I, well, I don't want to reveal the little funny things but that, that tickled me so no it was it was a wonderful I'm like, you know what low key I ain't gonna watch that joint again. I think I might watch it right. again. Yes. <laughs> so good. Oh, they did a nice job. Too. Good job. To all of you, Lifetime. And yes. And this Amber weekend, I believe, is it this week? Can you can't use that line, line sisters. sisters. I think Line Sisters I is think... coming up next week, right? Oh, 
Let me. I have to check the date. Well, yeah, we definitely make sure we got we get that uh, one. Cause that's gonna man, be interesting. We, we, People are already kind man, of like, I, like, like I said, I think <laughs> I think they're gonna deal with some, some, some you know actual yeah. things stuff that might have happened, hazing stuff yeah. that may have happened. You know, yeah. so yeah. I I don't know, but that's gonna be good with Latoya Lucky. Yeah, it come on this weekend, girl. Come on, it come on the twelfth. Oh, okay. at eight o'clock. Yeah, so it's basically like a, it's almost like Scream meets like um, Scream Queens or whatever. If you ever yep. saw Scream yep. Queens, it's sort of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so who was Kier, that? Drew Sedora and Drew Sedora, Jones, Kier, Sheer, yes. Kelly, um, and Latoya Lucky. Okay, so you know what? We didn't t- we didn't talk about foolish ass Kik um Kiara Sheer in the hot topic, girl. What's she doing this week? What is she getting into? Remember, she said that she don't allow people to uh sleep um sleep at her house. Oh yes, 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 yes. Girl, any friends or whatever to stay. Yeah, she doesn't have friends. But anyway, that's a whole other subject. We'll that is a whole other. We should have talked about. That. <laughs> we should have so about that. That but... might be something that's worth a whole um segment. So we'll, we'll yes, we'll have to explore that. Yeah, but yeah, that that that's gonna be this weekend. It's gonna be good. Like I said, I think they may be touching on. Um, actual real life kind of pull from the headline events, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I if they are, I'm, I'm gonna really be holding my breath, like whoa. Um, but um, what else? Oh, yeah. Also, this week, Love Is Blind season two is coming on. Y'all know that's my joint. Yes, it is. I, I am going to be glued on Friday, at least watching the first episodes that drop. Um, let me tell y'all something. The cast is very diverse. I think they're in Boston. Which is surprising uh, that it's diverse in Boston. Yeah. Um, they even have some plus size rep. They have some, uh, um, very some Asian rep this time. Some different, mm-hmm. different, different types of people. Okay, there, which is going to be nice. So I'm going to see who they pair up with whom or who who falls for whom. You know, it, it might be some <laughs> interesting, interesting things going on. We'll see. Yeah, that was your last year. Man, yeah. I cannot wait. I cannot <laughs> wait. And we definitely gonna talk about it when it oh. ends. We definitely gonna go get on the horn and have some folks talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, "Marry Me" with J Lo drops on Friday too. Um, it's a movie with her and Maluma on Wilson. I think that's gonna. Be um, I it's think it's gonna be cute. Yeah, it's gonna be cute. It's gonna be available on Peacock and in theaters, but it's mm-hmm. available on Peacock if you have a streaming. Um, with Comcast is included, mm-hmm. and she plays a singer who was supposed to uh be proposed to on stage, but she finds out that he's cheating, and then she right. takes a guy from the audience who is <laughs> so on Wilson and says, "I'll marry you." Oh, yes, I marry you just randomly. Right. Uh, he's like, "What me?" Because he's, I think he's taking his daughter to the show or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says she'll marry him. So it's been like, a little minute since we got yeah. J Lo. Yeah, a little rom com. You, know, you know what I'm saying? It's been that a long be time. Genre. So this yes, yes, yes. So this is gonna be real cute. I think that's yeah. gonna be real cute. Yeah, and, and um, then the theme of Lifetime, you know, really kind of putting out some movies with you know featuring women of color and people of color. Yes. It was Deadly House called this. Oh yes, I don't know if you guys got yes. a chance to see that. Um, yes, it was, it was featuring Joanne Jansen, who reminds me a little bit of Sydney Portier, the the daughter, Sydney Portier's mm-hmm. daughter, mm-hmm. and Sierra Woolridge. And it, it was a cute little. It was a typical Lifetime. 
thriller, you know, nothing to write home about. It was good. I enjoyed it. But just kind of, I just, the theme of Lifetime's really stepped up. You know, they had Nicole Ari Parker and Bo- Boris Kojo mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And they're really putting out, you know, these movies where we're featured and we're the yeah. characters. And I, I really dig it. We is that the one, that's not the one with Garcelle, is it? That's no, not it's the not one that had Garcelle. Garcelle. That's a, mm-hmm. that, I think that comes out week after next, the one with yeah. Garcelle. That's a lot yeah. to look forward to. So I'm just yeah, I'm excited. To look forward to. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'm so excited for Love is Blind, y'all. Crazy <laughs> yeah. recaps. Hey, so when does so Love is Blind good. start again? It starts Friday. They usually okay. drop the first three episodes. Okay. Like the kind of casting and then the first kind of when they're in the pod. Um, so I hope, I'm hoping also that they at least bring one person back for like a redemption type okay. of thing. I feel like Diamond needs her day back. You know what I mean? I, right. I get a fair shake with Carson. <laughs> and Carson definitely don't need to be back with his So they're bringing back some characters. I, I don't think so, but because but, mm-hmm. I saw most of the cast that they showed, when they did a little preview online. Okay. Um, Like I said, diverse cast, I've I never seen these people before, but I'm hoping they bring back gotcha. at least one, one person or something like that. So for next but, week, people may not realize, but next week, I know we're going to have a very special podcast because we'll be doing a men's roundtable. Yes. And we're going to really dedicate the entire hour to that. So we probably yes. won't do our usual hot topics or watching and listening to romance. Yes. But the following week is going to be extra, extra special because we'll be doing our annual live Galentine's Day right. podcast. And that'll be right. live streaming on um, IG live. So I'm, I'm thinking mm-hmm. that probably in that podcast, we'll have a chance to kind of catch up because we would have skipped hot topics and watching and reading romance. So you'll get to talk about, maybe you'll have a couple of weeks recap of love is blind. Oh we'll yeah. Yeah. We get some folks on the line and talk about it. You know, yeah, we're both in a sorority, it. obviously so yeah. we'll have our thoughts about the movie and stuff. So it's going to be yeah. an exciting Galentine's feature just to kind of yes. get little heads up yes about that. awesome yeah. awesome bikini is so right we got a lot that's we'll have a lot because we would have skipped hot topics and stuff the next week so yeah it's gonna be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it'll be awesome y'all mm-hmm. and then again for reading romance please check out aisha's book there you are um as we talked about it features the interracial romance featuring nate nate the surgeon and Amina, the PR planner for the Bulls and how they get together. And it's a really cute story. And I hope you all really, really enjoy it. Um, and listening to Romance, um, I went back and listened to the audiobook again for real by Kennedy Ryan because it just got nominated for what they call an Audi Award for oh. like audiobooks. Um, so I went back and listened to it and it's so good. Not only did she have dual POV. Uh, in there as well but she had somebody in there singing because there's a there's like a singing part in there so, oh, okay. I mean, it's just a wonderful book so if you all take a listen to that listen to the audiobook uh for real by real that's r-e-e-l because it's set in the film industry um by Kennedy oh, okay. ryan i was wondering about that very nice yeah okay. and, she, and i did not know that she produced this audiobook herself okay. which is amazing i can't believe she did that but that's yep. amazing. Kudos to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also in listening romance, uh, I listened to the unabashedly romantic podcast with Blessing and Tessa. Those two were so funny. <laughs> uh, it was a very cute podcast. I really enjoyed them. I kind of stumbled on upon them on Spotify mm-hmm. um, as I was kind of looking for you know new things to listen to and stuff like that instead of listening to the same stuff over and over again. 
Um, but I stumbled upon them and I really enjoyed them. But uh, check them out at Unabashedly Romantic Podcast. Anything else, Shakita, you want to say? I think we already summed up what we're going to have. No, I don't think so. I think that's about it. We can't wait to see you next week for our men's roundtable. That'll be the first time we're doing this. So yes, it's so exciting. We have a we have a we have a bevy of cross section of men that are going to come and talk to us, um, men of color, um, men of different gender identities and sexual orientations. So it's going to be really awesome. So I can't wait for you all to listen to this, and it's going to be dope. So yeah. <laughs> all right you guys you all have a blessed week we will talk to you later talk to and you later stay bye. safe out there bye take care